You're listening to the Bonfire Podcast, fanning the flames of the gospel to the ends of the world. Come on, let's dive into the Word. Welcome into the Bonfire Podcast, everyone. We are glad that you are joining us this week for another episode. We want to welcome you on in and and have you come in and stay and listen a while uh, to the Bonfire Podcast. If you're listening to us for the first time, uh, you are listening to uh, what we call a Bible study, Bible discussion podcast, uh, where we take God's Word, we dive in deep, and we study uh, to see the biblical truths that are there and make application to our lives today. If you haven't done so already, I would encourage you to subscribe. You can do that by going to any of the podcasts applications available on your phone, and you can hit the subscribe button. That does a couple things. That ensures that you get every episode delivered directly to you. It also allows you to be mobile with our episodes. So as you're going around your day uh, and you're carrying your phone, maybe in your car or with you to work, or maybe you're going to run for exercise, you can take uh, the episode with you and be listening at the same time so you don't have to be tied down to your computer. Uh, For those of you who uh, are on social media, we do ask you to follow us on Facebook, and you can uh, join our Facebook page at Bonefire Ministries on Facebook. Facebook, uh, a perfect place to join the conversation. It's also a great place for you to like and to share, uh, share an episode with some of your friends, uh, something that you enjoyed, get it out to those uh, who are around you. Help us grow the presence of Bonefire Ministries. And then, as always, we would encourage you uh, to reach out to us and, and to send us a, a note. Uh, you can do that by just sending us an email. You can drop an email to bonefireministries at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you, hear where you're listening from, a um, little bit about you, and uh, we'll give you a shout out here on the air. So we'll, we'd love to, to give some of our listeners a shout out. Um, Dad, we also want to make sure that we're mentioning uh, we're getting close to the, the Holston Creek Cross Country 5K, which we'll be sponsoring this year. That's going to be held on Saturday, March 27th at 9 a.m. at the Holston Creek Park in Inman, South Carolina. Registration is $25. Uh, that includes a free pair of race socks that will come with your registration and, of course, the ability to run into the race. And uh, it's just a, a great race, a 5K race uh, for all levels. Doesn't you don't have to be a runner? You can be a walker if you like to. Um, come out there and, and just enjoy uh, hopefully some good weather and good exercise. And at the end of that race, what's really cool is we place a two by four on your back, and for like the last quarter mile, you carry uh, basically your cross uh, to the finish line. And at, at the very end of the finish line, there is a cross erected, and you lay that uh, down at the, at the foot of that cross, and you have an opportunity to write a message on that uh, board. It could be something that's inspirational uh, to you. It could be a, your favorite verse. It could be a burden that you're carrying, and you just want to symbolically lay it down right there. That would be a good opportunity to do that. And these boards are recycled and used um, each year, and so you'll see the messages from past years on on the boards, and then your message will be used, um, Lord willing, if we get to do this again next year. So please register. If you haven't done so already, you can do that by going to www.holstoncreekbaptist.com slash run. And then, of course, you can check out our Facebook page. We have all the information there um, as well. Well, uh, Dad, uh, today's a, an exciting episode. Um, That's we right. are going to be bringing our series, the the coming King, the Lion of Judah, to an end. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I went back and, and checked because I kind of lost track, and we've spent on the last nine episodes, and so if you count today, that'll be ten episodes mm-hmm. uh, that we'll be spending studying specifically uh, the, what the Bible has to say about the events at the end of time leading up to the return of Christ. And you know, that's uh, each of these episodes have been a little bit longer than what we typically do. We try to keep our episodes somewhere around the 30 to 40 minute mark. Right. Uh, but many of these have gone up to an hour or just over. 
And so that's a lot of studying, a lot of a lot of listening. So we hope for you listeners uh, that this has been beneficial to you, that it's been a blessing to you. Um, and we we would encourage you those those episodes are going to be there. We're going to keep those uh, on those uh, podcast applications that so you can go back and listen to those at any time and study those. And again, we would encourage you to to tell a friend if if you got a friend who's interested in what's going on in the world and feels like, hey, this 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 thing ain't going right. Well, mm-hmm. uh, that this episode and, and these series uh, of episodes would be a great thing for them to take a listen to. That's uh, right. So they can get some understanding of just exactly where this thing is going. So, mm-hmm. well, um, in this episode, Dad, we're going to be, again, finishing up. We're going to be looking at the, the last event or events that occur right before um, eternity, the mm-hmm. start of eternity. Right. And um, as I was uh, looking at this and reading and preparing and studying uh, for our discussion today, Dan, I felt like this may be uh, the toughest uh, episode that w- that we have, or the toughest content. Mm-hmm. And that's not because of um, the the. It's not because it's hard to understand. It's not because it's difficult to relate to our listeners. But as I was studying it and I was thinking about it and I was envisioning what was happening there, just the reality. Uh, and the magnitude of what's going to happen on that day set in on me, mm-hmm. and it's 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 not going to be a good day. That's uh, right. When 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 this occurs, and and so we're going to share with our listeners what we're talking about here. You know, if you're listening to the podcast for the first time and you're wondering, man, is this something I want to spend my time on? Let me tell you, out of all of our episodes, this is the one episode that you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. We want you to, to to listen in to this because our message today really is the whole reason why we do the podcast. That's right. You could take all of our episodes and and put them into this episode. This is the reason. Uh, that we're doing what we're doing. This is why we come to you each and every week. And so uh, you're going to hear our hearts on this subject today as we talk about what's going to happen here at the end. So don't miss it. Stay with us and uh, sit back and, and relax if you can. If you're, uh, if you're driving, stay awake and uh, keep your hands on the wheels as we go through this. Well, Dad, when we left off last time, we were uh, discussing um, the end of the millennial reign, the end of millennial reign of Christ. And mm-hmm. right there at the end of millennial reign of Christ, we know that Satan is loosed from the bottomless pit. And he comes back uh, to earth, and he's back to his old tricks of trying to deceive and, and to destroy. And he goes about the earth, and he deceives um, the, the, the nations and, and gets them riled up and convinces them that they need to go to war against God's people right. and ultimately against Christ himself. And um, obviously, Satan and, and the forces of hell were no match for Christ. And so he was easily defeated, and his armies were destroyed, and Satan was captured and cast into the lake of fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is where the false prophet and um, the Antichrist were. And so he received his final judgment. Right. Uh, and that is where he is going to spend eternity. Now, with Satan finally dealt with uh, in his final manner, the Bible tells us that God's next act will be to place the final judgment on all people who are unsaved. Now, this final judgment, the, the judgment of the unsaved, is, is described by John in Revelation chapter 20 as the great white throne judgment. Mm-hmm. And what a great judgment it will be. Yeah. You know, Dad, you got your, your Bible open there. I was hoping that you would uh, read the scripture for us today. Uh, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. If, if you have your Bible, I encourage you to, to read along with us. If not, just listen here as he reads Revelation 20, 11 through 15. The Apostle John says, starting at verse 11, that I saw a great white throne and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. 
The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. Mm. God help us here um, as we go through this. You know, it's the great white throne judgment that we're going to be talking about today, and we're going to keep this very simple for you. I've got three points that we want to talk about today. Uh, we're going to look at the setting that John describes here, the setting that's going to occur at the great white throne judgment. We're going to look at the uh, summons that will occur, and then lastly, we're going to look at the sentencing that will occur on that day. You know, Dad, as John was uh, describing the great and uh, final judgment, we see that uh, there will be a trial that will be held, mm-hmm. and um, it will be held there at the end of time. And, you know, this trial will be different uh, than trials of our day. It won't resemble anything like the courtrooms that we have. For on that day, that day of that final judgment, there will be a judge but no jury. There will be a prosecution but no defense, a sentence but no appeal. This is the judgment which sinners will stand in the presence of a holy and just God and give account for their sins. You know, Dad, as, as John was describing what's going to happen there, uh, he describes the throne. And uh, there's two words that he uses to describe the throne. He uses the term great, and he uses the term white. And so when I see the word great, I think about this. I, I think that John was probably having a hard time putting into words exactly what this throne was and right. just how great it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because I, I have to imagine that that John couldn't find a word that really expressed the magnitude and the significance of this throne because there's nothing like that, uh, nothing that, that represents such power and authority and supremacy um, as this throne uh, that's in our world. And, you know, in our little world, if something goes to a, a court, um, you know, usually it starts at a local court. Mm-hmm. That there's some issue and and there's a ruling at that issue of that uh, trial and you know if there's a, a, a need then that uh, verdict will be appealed and it'll go to a higher court and a, and ultimately in a higher court and sometimes there's an issue that is so important and so debated that it makes it all the way up to the United States Supreme Court right and given we, we give such honor and such reverence to uh, what we call the SCOTUS right the mm-hmm. Supreme Court of the United States and its justices that sit on its bench. But let me say with confidence today that the Supreme Court has nothing on the great throne that we see described here in Revelation chapter 20, for it is the greatest of all thrones that have ever been. John uses another term to describe this throne, and he, he uses the term white. Dad, explain to them what the term white means in, in reference to this throne. Well, white reflects only the purity of a most holy God. Our God is perfect. And that's why I believe the throne is presented as white, for he is a pure and a holy God, and he will render judgment according to what is right, according to what the law says. That's exactly right. You know, there's a a lot of courtrooms, a lot of... Uh, 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 just trials that happen in this in this world in our lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would have to imagine, Dad, that there's probably thousands, if not tens of thousands, of of uh, rulings that are handed down each day. But in every one of those cases that is heard, there is a trial by a fallible judge, by a fallible law, mm-hmm. by a fallible judi- judicial system. But on that day, the judge, the law, and the ruling will be perfect and just, mm-hmm. because that's that's what that white's referring to, the, the <clears throat> fact that it is a holy uh, 
a righteous throne. It is a, uh, a just throne. It is a perfect throne. The other thing that I see John describes in, these, uh, in this text here, Dad, is, is that he describes him who sits on the throne, this great white throne. Let's look at verse 11 again. It says, Then I saw a great white throne, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. You may be asking, well, who is this who sits on the throne? Well, it's the judge, of course. You know, Psalms 50 verse 6 says, Let the heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge. Now notice, Dad, I love this verse. It doesn't say that he is a judge. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't say that he's the judge. It says that he's judge. That's he right. is the final uh, authority. He is the truth. Uh, he is judge. And so the Bible teaches us that on this day, it will be Christ himself who is on the throne to issue judgment to sinful mankind. That's right. When John sees Jesus on the throne, he knows him at once. Nail prints are in his hands and feet. Scars are on his back and brow. These marks show what wicked men did to him. But there he is. Men have ignored him, denied him, cursed him, and disbelieved in him. And now he's their judge. For all those that died in their sins, the sight of the Savior on the throne will be a terrible sight. The one they had thought so lightly of, the one they had mocked, is now on the throne. As they look at him sitting on the throne. Don't you know, fear grips their hearts, for they know that in their rejection of him, they also rejected the free offer of salvation through him. Folks, how terrible it will be on judgment day for those that rejected Christ. Yet, after this life is over, the sight of the Savior will be a frightening sight for all those that rejected Jesus, but the sight of Jesus will be a beautiful sight for all those redeemed by his blood. I'm referring to those that accepted him as Savior and served him as Lord. You know, seeing Jesus at the end of life's journey is what I long for. Even my thoughts of seeing Jesus are beautiful. But for those that rejected him, the sight of his face will be frightening. And to make matters worse, all those that rejected him will have no place to hide from him because verse 11 tells us the heaven and earth that we presently know will have fled away. Adam and Eve, after they sinned, ran into the trees to hide themselves from the presence of the Lord. But the unsaved that stand before the Lord on judgment day will look for cover on that day and not find any. No doubt in in today's uh, times, it's possible for you to no-show to a court appearance. Right. But on that day, as you said, there's going to be no place to hide. There's going to be no-shows. Uh, there will be no no-shows on that day. Everyone's going to have to stand before God. And I, I just just imagine this. Think about those who chose to live their lives in direct opposition of God, those who cursed and, and blasphemed His name, even those who denied His very existence, will stand before their Creator and look Him in His face. Mm. Let me tell you, folks, on that day, there will be no atheist on that day. That's right. Right? I mean, atheism is going to die right there because everyone's going to be looking at, at the Creator, the one who made them, who put this world into motion, and is going to be the judge. It's going to be a great atmosphere of fear, Dad. That was the last thing I had in my notes here, was that the talking about the setting was an atmosphere of fear, and you, you hit that just perfectly there. It's, it's going to be a terrible day, as many that thought that, you know, this whole thing is just a fallacy. The Bible is just a, a comic book. It's, it's all fake stuff in there. There's no God. And then they're going to open their eyes, and they're going to realize that they're standing before the Creator and that uh, He is going to be their judge, right. and He's going to determine their eternity. It's going to be a very, very terrible day. 
Well, Dad, as we move on, I want us to look at next the summons that happens. Uh, you know, when when there is a, a court case, many times there is a summons, and that is a calling of the, the individuals who need to be in this uh, court case or in this trial. And so let's, uh, let's look at verse 12. Verse 12 says that all unsaved uh, dead, both great and small, or small and great, will be present on that day. And I want us to look closely at verse 13. It says, The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one according to his works. And so in this verse, we see here that at some point in time, uh, God himself, Jesus Christ, sitting on the throne, he's going to give the okay. And at that point, the dead are going to rise. Those who have uh, dead and, and not followed Christ, those who are unbelievers, those who are sinners, are going to come forth from their graves. Now, the Bible tells us that there's two things that happen here. They say that death is going to let go of what death has. Well, death holds the the physical body. That's going to be the graves. The graves are going to open up. And out from those graves are going to come the bodies of, of those who were unbelievers. And then Hades is going to release what it holds, and, and Hades holds the spiritual man. And so there will be a joining of the spiritual man and the body uh, coming together, and, and life will be brought back into these individuals, and they will stand before God. I find it interesting, Dad, that it even says that bodies within the seas. So think about as deep as the seas are, um, the number of people that have lost their life at sea, even they are going to be coming out of there. Uh, to be joining uh, at this time of judgment. That's right. The bodies of all the dead, those buried in the sea, the burning sands and the Arctic waste, the dust of these bodies from pole to pole will come scurrying back to make again the forms of the departed. The bodies will rise from the dust and the souls of the departed will come up from hell and unite with the bodies and lost men, women, and young people will stand before the almighty judge in a body. Romans 14, 11, Paul says, For it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. You know, Matt, some people are too proud to bow to Jesus today, but one day, those same people that are too proud to bow will bow before him, but it will be too late then, for they will be bowing before their judge. And of course, you know, as we move on, in our study, you know, they're going to be found guilty. That's exactly right. Well, Dad, as I was thinking about that day and, and the scores of people that will be there, I began to think about who will be there. What, what are the groups of people that will be present on that day? And and I came up with four. You, you may have a couple more that you want to add in here. But the first one that came to mind is that there are going to be sinners and scoffers that are going to be present. Now, these are the people that everyone seems to agree with, right? They, they, they say, okay, yeah, this is the bad people. Uh, this is the the murderers, the the child molesters, the the out and out just evil doers right. uh, that are going to be present. But I want us to look at First Corinthians six uh, nine and ten. It says, "Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the fornicators, nor the idolaters, nor the adulterers, nor the homosexuals, or the sodomites, nor the three thieves, nor the covetousness, nor the drunkards, nor the rivers." nor the extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And that's the ones that everyone expects. They're, yeah, oh, that's the bad people. That's right. the bad people that are going to be there, and they're going to be judged by God. But there's also going to be uh, other people that I see there, other individuals that I, that I think will be in this group. And uh, the, the next group that I saw that would be there is the self-righteous crowd. Mm-hmm. And Dad, the, the self-righteous crowd, those are those 
uh, people that think that their good works or their good deeds will get them into heaven. Mm -hmm. These are the same people when you ask them, why should God let you into heaven? They respond with, well, I'm a good person. But let me tell you, folks who are listening, hell is going to be full of good people. Yes, Matt. These self-righteous people think they're too good to be damned. They think the gospel is for the drunkard, murderer, prostitute, child abuser, or blasphemer. They are nice people who live in nice homes and have nice manners. They're members of the PTO, give money to worthy causes, help the poor, teach the illiterate to read, volunteer at the local soup kitchen, and perhaps attend church every now and then. For the most part, they don't consider themselves to be sinners needing salvation. If this describes you, listen to what the Bible says in 1 John 1.8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Mm. Uh, you know, I've got another scripture that kind of goes along this line. It's uh, Ephesians 2, verses 8 and 9. It says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not that of yourself. All right, that's a key phrase there, not that of yourself. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And so the message is clear here, folks, that you can't work your way to heaven. The only way that you can get to the Father is through the Son and accepting His work on the cross. Right. You know, Dad, there's entire world religions that are based off of, of this uh, kind of theology, if you will, of as long as you can stack up enough good things, then you're going to be fine when it comes to the afterlife. And unfortunately, that could not be further from the truth. And so, you know, in that day, we're going to have the sinners and the scoffers. We're going to have the self-righteous people that are going to be there. And unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of of these other world religions that are going to be there right along with them because their entire system was based off of, if I can just be good enough, I can work my way into God's grace. That's right. You know, Dad, the the third uh, group that I saw there, I call this the someday crowd. Now... That may sound a little weird to you who are listening, but the someday crowd are those that have heard the Word of God preached and the gospel presented in some setting. It may have been a church, it could have been a revival, or maybe it was a, a podcast just like the one that you're listening to now. And they felt the tug of the Holy Spirit calling them to be saved, but they said, not today, but someday. But for many of these and all of these that are there on that day, someday never came. You ask, why did it not come? What happened to these? Well, for some, they they walked out of that church service or they got in their car to go home and they never made it home. Mm -hmm. For others, they avoided and and, and put off the Holy Spirit for the last time and they never felt the conviction of God ever again. The Bible clearly says that today is the day of salvation. It also says that seek ye the Lord while he may be found. And so I can't help but think, Dad, on that day, there's going to be that someday crowd that's going to be standing there, and they're going to be saying to themselves, God, what have I done? What did I do? Why didn't I listen? Mm -hmm. But it's going to be too late. That's right. You know, I've heard it said before, Matt, that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm -hmm. If you know that you need to be saved and you are procrastinating, Proverbs 27, 1 says, Boast not thyselves of tomorrow, For thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. If you're procrastinating, if you're part of that someday crowd, as Matt said, then in the name of Jesus, I beg you to turn from your sins now and trust Christ as your Lord and Savior before it's too late to do so. Isaiah 55, 6 says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. 
call upon him while he is near. This verse tells me that there will be a time when he will not be found and a time when he will not be near. Don't procrastinate anymore. Take advantage of the opportunity God has given you right now to accept Christ. Why would you want to gamble with something as important as your eternal destiny? 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Look, now is the acceptable time. Look, now is the day of salvation. That's exactly right. And you know, listeners, listen to me just for a moment. I, I feel like this is the the one area that the devil loves to use. He loves to 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 sit there and, and someone's uh, listening and they, they feel the conviction of God on them and, and, and telling them that they need to, to repent from their sins and to get saved. But the devil, he will tell you not today. Right. You know, just just you just need to do that tomorrow. You just need to do that next week. You need to you need to get some things straight uh-huh. uh, before you, you 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 turn your life over to God. Right? He can't he can't take you like you are right now. You got too much wrong with you. But you see, that's what the devil does. He's a liar, uh, and he likes to lie and he likes to deceive. And I feel like this is the one thing that he likes to use so often on people is to say, "Not right now, not right now," because he knows if he can just put them off just a little bit longer that there's a good chance that they'll never get saved. You know, Matt, I've got an illustration of this. When I started pastoring full-time, I was a full-time pastor, finished seminary in uh, 85. I was pastoring in a rural community up in Virginia, and there was a young man there, and I wanted to witness to him and talk to him. And so I, I went to his home and visited with him. And I shared the gospel with him. At that time, I was using a neat little track that was the Eternal Life Gospel track. and had diagrams in it. It was a neat little track. And, and he listened to me share the gospel with him. And when I got to the end, I asked him, I'm sure I asked him, was there any reason he would not be willing to receive Jesus as his Lord and Savior? And he let me know, Matt, not right now. I, and he went on to say, you know, I was in the military and I was exposed to a lot of different beliefs, and I got some questions. And I said, all right, I'll, I'll be glad to answer your questions right now if I know the answers. So, you know, I was willing to take his questions right then. He said, no, 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 no. He said, I'll tell you what. How about I come over to your house, and Jan, that's my wife's name, Jan cooks supper. So he invited himself over. That was okay. Jan cooks supper. Then we just sit around after supper, and I ask you these questions that I've got on my mind. Sure, but I can I can answer them right now. But yeah, yeah, Jan would do that. So I went home and told Jan that on such and such a date, uh, this fellow was going to come over, and and we were going to have supper together. And she was more than glad to to do that and to cook supper for him and and for us so that he could ask questions and we could talk to him further about Jesus. Well, I want you to know that the very the very day that I was to have him at my house and we were to be eating supper, I was standing over his casket preaching his funeral. Mm. He had kind of gotten a little upset not long after I left with something that happened in his life. He jumped in the car, flew down the road, I uh, don't know if he was drinking or not, but he ran into a huge tree that was in the curve. I remember going by that tree many times. He ran into that tree, and he died. And I got a phone call in the middle of the night, and it was his mother. And she was saying, I, she was telling me that her son died, and they're asking him, they're asking the family about donating his organs. What to do, preacher? And I said, well, he was willing to 
to save others in the military. So I think that he would want you to do that. And so, yes, this man that was willing to die on a battlefield to save others, he did not allow Jesus to save him. Mm. You know, and unless something happened that we don't know about before he was in that accident, he's going to be in that someday crowd. That's right. On that day. And that's going to be a, a tough sight to see that young man uh, standing before his creator uh, to give an account for the opportunity he had. He had a clear opportunity to accept Christ, and he, he said, not today, someday. Well, he knew the gospel, and so the only thing I can, a little hope I have is that maybe he didn't die instantly, that uh, he had a few moments to get right with God, you know. Of course, we're never promised those few moments. Now, you've got to wake up out there in podcast land. You're not promised that. Yeah. Yeah, don't 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 make the plan that you're going to get to your deathbed. You're going to live your life the way any way you want to, and you're going to get to your deathbed, and then you're going to get right with God right before you die because you're not promised that, um, not promised that at all. You may not be given that opportunity. And so if you you feel God's tugging on your heart to make a decision for Christ, you do that now. You do it today. Don't mm-hmm. put it off. Don't be a part of this someday crowd because I'd hate to be uh, there in the, in the group of witnesses and and see somebody that I that I know or someone that was a, a podcast listener uh, that has to stand before God and say I was part of that someday crowd. That That's would just right. be terrible. That's right. Well, Dad, the fourth group that I see, and and this one is a, a tough one to talk through, is is the Sunday crowd. Mm, yeah, the Sunday crowd. You see, these are these are the churchgoers, Dad. These are even the tithers. Mm. You know, these are this is the religious crowd. It's the ones who attend services on Sunday and they play church. And then they go out and they live life whatever way they want to during the week. Paul put it this way. He said, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. These are the nominal Christians, uh, those who just go through the motions. You know, Jesus spoke of of this crowd, the, the Sunday crowd, and he spoke of the Sunday crowd on that very day. He did it in Matthew um, chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. I want to read that to our listeners uh, now. It says... Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, okay, that's the same day we're talking about right now, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? Listen, listen, folks. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Mm. Yeah, that's tough words. Those those are red words. That's Jesus speaking right there, talking about the Sunday crowd. You see, Dad. Uh, unfortunately, uh, our, our world and, and our society likes to tell people that religion is the same as a relationship. Right. And God clearly says that's not the case. And I'm afraid that there are just so many people who are. are thinking that they've got a relationship with Christ, but in reality, they have religion, they have practices, they they just go through the motions, they've never really given their life to Christ, they've never really surrendered, and they've never worked to, to understand Him and to know Him and to seek Him. Mm-hmm. And because of that, uh, they're going to be part of that Sunday crowd on that day, and the Son's going to look at them and say, I'm sorry, yeah. I didn't know you. That's exactly right, Matt. You know, I think about something that Billy Graham observed through his ministry. When he would give the invitation for people to accept Christ, uh, folks would come pouring out of the stands if they were in a 
um, a big stadium, and they would go down and they would talk to counselors, and the counselors would would pray with them, and and people would receive Jesus, and then these folks that would come down would fill out response cards, because Billy Graham, his goal was not just to do evangelism, but when he left to turn these folks that had made decisions turned their names and addresses over to good churches where they might follow up on them and help them to grow. But Billy Graham found out through the years using these response cards that a a huge crowd of people that were already church members were the ones coming down asking Jesus to save their souls. So he he could tell right off that one of the greatest places for evangelism had to be right in the church. And I can see that. I remember years ago, we had a men's supper here at our church, Matt, and I had a professional bass fisherman to come. Really, he was a professional bass fisherman chaplain, Terry Chubb. And he did some some fishing demonstrations for us. And then he shared his testimony. And Terry's testimony, I always will remember it. He told about being a lost church member. He attended a huge church in Atlanta, Georgia, or the suburbs of Atlanta. He was a deacon. He was religious. He was sitting out in the auditorium one day during the service, and uh, God's Holy Spirit got to speaking to him and telling him that he needed to go down and get saved. And he was wrestling with God's Spirit. He said, what will people think? I'm a deacon here. I mean, uh, I, I attend church. I tithe. I give. I support the church. What will they think? And the Holy Spirit kept imploring on him that he needed to yield the control of his life over to Jesus to surrender and be saved. And then all of a sudden it came to Terry. He thought to himself, you know, why is God knocking on the door of my heart? He said, when I go home, I don't have to knock on the door. I got the key. And so he he come to to realize that if God was on the outside trying to get in, he certainly couldn't be already on the inside. And so he went down and he and he got right with God. He made sure of his salvation. Uh, he says he got saved then. Some people just go and make sure of their salvation, but he says he really truly got saved then. That would be his testimony. And then, of course, it really showed up because his life began to totally change. And then he couldn't do anything Uh, But keep on telling people about Jesus. His life was different. And I think there's a lot of people like Terry Chuck that sit out there in the auditorium Sunday after Sunday, perhaps even in the church where I pastor, that uh, folks, they feel like everything's right with God, but uh, they know their life has not changed. And, And the Holy Spirit convicts them. Yes, sometimes people come down and they just need uh, reassurance. They perhaps have, have had God on the throne in their life, but Somehow or another, over a period of time, they replaced God and got back on the throne of their life. Well, that's you. You're going to have to surrender, move over, let God get on the throne. But I really believe there's a lot of lost people sitting in the pews, and some of you listening to the podcast might be the very ones I'm talking about. That's exactly right. Not everyone that sits in the church pew is is saved. And, Dad, I was just I was just imagining what this scene is going to be like. There's, there's going to be people that their eyes are going to open, and they're going to realize where they are. And they're going to see some of the people that we talked about. They're going to see those those sinners and scoffers. And right. they're going to look to their left and look to the right. And they're going to say, my goodness, what am I doing here with these people? Right. I'm not like this. And then their time's going to come to stand before God. And they're, they're going to try to make an argument. But there's not going to be any any way to appeal the decision. And they're going, they're going to try their best. They're going to say, right. look in that book again. My name's got to be there. I attended such and such Baptist church. 
I was a deacon. I was a Sunday school teacher. I gave I gave $20,000 one time to buy a new vehicle for the church, put a new air conditioner in the church. Mm-hmm. I, I was there on Sunday mornings. I, 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 was, I was there. And uh, God's going to look at him and say, I'm sorry. I didn't know you because, again, religion is not the same as a relationship. And unfortunately, uh, in, in our time, I think a lot of people have traded religion and the Christian culture, just being in it, particularly here in the South. Dad, we're, we're, we're located in the southeast of South Carolina. I know we got listeners all over the globe. But in the South, there's a church on every corner. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's kind of in our culture, church is, and right. Christianity is in, in the Southern culture. And uh, I, I, there's a real danger in that because there's a lot of people that just, because Nanny was a member of the church and she was a good godly woman, think that they're going to be okay. But you can't ride mom and daddy's coattails into heaven. That's can't exactly ride right. Nanny's coattails into heaven. And just because you were baptized at four years old, that doesn't mean anything. That's right. And so I'm just afraid, so afraid of the, the group of people that's going to be here on, on this day, those who are the Sunday crowd, those who, who think, they, they think to themselves they're good and that everything's okay because of the, the religion they have, and they're going to go, to go to hell with a T-shirt on that says religion. That's right. Many people are going to hell surrounded by baptismal certificates, receipts for tithes and offerings, and Sunday school attendance pens. That is the reason the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize this about yourselves, that Jesus Christ is in you unless indeed you fail to meet the test? Mm. Well, Dad, let's uh, move on to our third point here, and let's look at the sentencing. So our scripture text is very clear that the unsaved will stand before God to be judged. Um, it says that there's going to be two books involved. And the first book that we see is the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, this is the book that has all the names of every believer in it. And the only way that a name can be placed in this book is through surrendering oneself to God and pleading the blood of Jesus for the remission of one's sins. The second book that I, that I see there is God's record book is what I call it. This is the record of, of life of sinners. Think about it. Every, every deed, every evil deed, every violation of God's holy law, every time you denied Christ, it's all going to be recorded in that book, that book of works that God's going to use to judge. You know, Dad, when I was growing up, I don't know if it's said much anymore, but uh, when you were in school and you did something wrong or, or you got a bad grade, uh, the, the statement that I just remember hearing over and over again is, well, that's going to go on your permanent record. Right. I don't really know if that was actually a thing or if that's just what teachers and parents use to scare kids, uh, a permanent record, because I, I don't have a permanent record that I know of that I can hold. But this is going to be the ultimate permanent record. And what I find interesting, Dad, is for those of us who are believers, our permanent record has been wiped clean. Mm-hmm. We don't have to worry about this. We definitely have to give an account for what we did for Christ in our life as, as Christians, but we don't have to worry about all the things that we've done being held against us. But those who failed to receive Christ during their life and accept uh, his uh, sacrifice and to, and to bring him in to live in your heart, they will ultimately face the permanent record that God's held, held against them. That's right. You know, I've heard people say before, well, when I was uh, younger, I did something stupid. I, I got arrested for driving under the influence. But I don't have a record of that because that happened just one time. 
And I went, I took all of these classes and, you know, I, I did what the law told me to do. And my record has been expunged. Mm. And so you can't find it anymore. Yep. Well, when you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, your record's been expunged. That's it's right. Been that wiped. book's been wiped clean. It's been wiped clean. You know, there will be many standing in front of the great white throne that will say, but I was a good person. I treated my wife and kids fair. But the book of works will reveal not only man's good works, and the Bible says our righteousness is as a filthy rags, but it will also reveal man's evil works as well. My friend, everything you've ever said and done will be revealed. If your record has not been expunged, it's going to be revealed. Romans 2.16 says, In that day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel, God knows the secret things in your life that nobody else knows. If you're a lost sinner and remain unsaved, that sin that you thought you had covered up will be revealed. Every evil thought you've ever had will be revealed. That lie, that lust, and all sin will be an open view for everyone to see. But praise God, I am glad that all my sins won't be revealed. They've been expunged. I don't want to ever see those ugly sins again. But for those that are lost, everything has been recorded and will be an open view for everyone to see God's camera is rolling. You know, I thought about another book that's going to be there too, Matt, and that's the Bible. Yes, that book that many of you have in your hand and that many others have on the coffee shelf at home collecting dust. For some, it is the most read book in the house. For others, it is the most unread book. But regardless, it will be the basis of our judgment. Jesus said, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him the word I have spoken. The same shall judge him in the last day. Yes, these words, the words of Jesus found recorded in the Bible will judge those people that reject him. The Bible, God's word, which is to the saint a sword that gives the devil a crashing blow and sends him into retreat. This offensive weapon we have will not be available to be read and used for such by the law centers on judgment day. Law centers, that same book that you have that you don't read will be your measuring rod that will condemn you on judgment day <laughs> and to think it was in your hands all the time. My friend, those that reject Jesus will be without excuse. That's exactly right, Dad. And, you know, the Bible tells us that each person is going to be judged. They're going to be judged according to their works that are in that record book. They're also going to be judged per the law that you mentioned there, Dad, the, the Bible. Um and uh, they're going to be given in a punishment. Now, this uh, these verses allude here in Revelation that maybe there's varying degrees of punishment in hell, and I can't really explain that. Uh, but what I do want you to notice is that if your name is not found written in the book of life, and, and that would be everyone who's there on that day, their name's not going to be there. Um, if their name was there, they wouldn't be in that crowd. They will ultimately be tossed into the lake of fire. That's eternal separation from God, the second death. And so even if there is varying degrees of hell, varying temperatures, varying levels of punishment, Dad, it's something that needs to be avoided at all costs. That's even right. the lowest level is something you don't want to experience. That's right. You know, I, I think about this over in Luke chapter 12, verses 47 and 48. It says, And the servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he... 
who did not know. Now, even those people that do not know and have never heard about Jesus, they're going to stand before God and be judged. That's another category. Yeah, that's right. Uh, those that the gospel's never gotten to, that's never heard about Jesus. You know, you can't go to heaven apart from Jesus Christ. Right. And so we've got to tell people about him. That's why we're doing this podcast. We know that there's perhaps people that know very little about Jesus is hearing about him. We're telling you about him. You can't go to heaven without Jesus, without the blood of Christ being applied to your account. But now you think, well, what about those that never heard? Uh, well, Listen to what it says. But he who does not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with view. few. For everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required, and to whom much has been committed of him they will ask the more. I'll tell you what, having heard the truth of the gospel today about what Jesus did for you, to reject him with the knowledge Folks, you're not going to be like those that's never heard. Yes, they will be apart from God uh, for all eternity too and won't live in the New Jerusalem in heaven. But yeah, maybe their judgment will be a little bit different, but it is going to be judgment all of the same, a separation from God. And those of you that are listening to this podcast, you will be without excuse. That's exactly right. So we're here at the end of uh, the end of time. We're here at the beginning of eternity and, and kind of the sequence of events. And um, what we've talked about here is the great white throne judgment. Those who are unbelievers will be judged on that day and and they will be given a sentence uh, in the sentencing, uh, which will be eternal separation from God. They will spend eternity in hell. And then those who have received Christ and uh, who we've talked about on this the, this series for quite some time uh, have already been resurrected, and they will be with God, and they will ultimately go forward to live in heaven, uh, on a new heaven, new earth, um, that will be created for them for eternity. And so today, I want everyone who is listening, I don't care if you're a church member, if you go to church, if you say that you're, you're saved or you're not, to really think hard about, uh, you know, in that day, on that day, where are you going to be? Are you going to be part of the, the great cloud of witnesses that are going to be there present, the believers, those who've already been resurrected and who are, are, are there standing as, again, holy saints uh, witnessing that event? Or are you going to be uh, one of the, the people standing in line, uh, waiting to stand before your Creator and, and to see the, the movie tape, the, the reel of your life be played back? And all those bad things that you've done, all all those evil things that you've done to be brought back forward, all those acts that you you did that were against God's law to be brought forward, and for him to to look at you and say, I'm sorry, I didn't know you, and, mm -hmm. and that you would be cast into the eternal lake of fire. Again, regardless of whether it's less or more, it doesn't matter. Dad, we saw there where the rich man who went to hell back in uh, Luke you know his senses were intact. He he right. his memory was intact. He mm -hmm. he thirsted. He 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 remembered what's happening. It's it's going to be agony, mm -hmm. regardless of whether you're in the hottest part or the coolest part of hell. Mm -hmm. It's going to be terrible. That's right. Um, and it's something that I want everyone who I know and I have an opportunity to come in contact uh, with to avoid. Uh, you know, Dad, we were talking right before we got started that you mentioned that. Um, uh, the, the witnesses are going to be there, and and that uh, the Bible talks about wiping away every tear just after this. I'll let you explain that in just a minute, but yeah. I'm just thinking to myself, I don't want to be sitting there in that cloud of witnesses and see people that I came in contact with, that I had an opportunity to share uh, Christ with, to be standing there. That's going to be a sad, sad uh, scene 
And so I'm doing everything I can to make sure that I tell people that there's a way around this, that God didn't, his design for his world was not that he would punish everybody and send them to a, a terrible a hell. And, and many of you say, well, that just doesn't make sense to me. God's a God of love. How can he send people to hell? Well, he's also a just God. He's also made a way that it could be avoided. Right. And it's up to you for you to choose which way you're going to go. Are you going to accept Christ? Are you going to, to give up your, your wicked and, and worldly ways and, and turn from your sins and accept him? Or are you going to just point blank, put your finger in the nose of God and say, I don't want anything to do with you? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. You know, Matt, I think it's interesting that after the scene of the great white throne judgment is talked about at the end of Revelation chapter 20, Then once we begin chapter 21, it describes the new heaven and the new earth. And verse 4 says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Now, that part, And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes. Now, many commentators believe as Matt has alluded to, that the saints of God will be standing at the great white throne judgment as witnesses. You know, when you go to a court of law, witnesses are often called forward. Now, of course, we've got what's in the book. God's going to have what's in the book. He needs any witnesses. Most commentators think that the saints are going to be there. He can pull a witness from the stand if he wanted to. I don't know about that. I'm not, I can't say this is something for sure, but it is interesting to me that we don't read about God wiping away every tear from their eyes, talking about of the saints that's in heaven until after the great white throne judgment is over. Wouldn't it be awful to have to stand in that great cloud of witnesses and to look down upon your rebellious son or daughter or your mom or your dad that did not live for God and rejected God and and to have to to stand up possibly as a witness that they heard the gospel, they knew the truth. Oh, there'd be a river of tears flowing that day at the great white throne. Now, I can't say this for sure that that's how it's going to be. Maybe God's going to have us put over a side somewhere to not see the great white throne. I don't know. But I think it's something to really consider, folks. And this is something that should speak to you as a child of God. Uh, Many of you out there, you know you have family members and friends and people that you work with that do not know God. And should they die in their unsaved condition, they will spend an eternity apart from God. They will appear to be judged at the great white throne judgment. Would you want to look down and see them appear before the throne and to know that you had every means, every opportunity to tell them about the love of God as displayed in the cross of Calvary, what what God did in sin in Jesus, but yet you did not take that opportunity. What if they were to look up from the judgment bench and see you? What kind of look would they have in their face if you knew the truth and you didn't tell them the truth? Hmm. Very true. Well, um, audience, if you're listening, maybe uh, you've stumbled on this podcast as the first podcast that you've ever listened to, first one of ours that you listened to, and you're listening to all this and you're thinking to yourself, my word, what what is what is going on here? What are they talking about? 
Um, you know, we're talking about a real event. Uh, the Bible has clearly stated that there will be a day of judgment that will come to everyone. It says that every man is appointed once to die and then the judgment to occur. And so we're all going to have to give account for what we've done, uh, whether it's believers giving account for what they've done for Christ or if it's lost people giving account for how they uh, lived a life that was uh, in violation of God's holy law. Um, but it can be avoided. It can be avoided. Uh, you don't have to go through this great white throne judgment. And uh, you can you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. You can surrender your life to Him. You can give Him com- complete control of your life and, and turn from your sins and, uh, and accept Him today. And I would encourage you, if you're listening and you feel that knock, you feel that tug on your heart that, that you need to, to, uh, to get saved, and please do that. Don't be part of that someday crowd. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to see you there in the someday crowd and say, well, yeah, I'll do it someday. You know, I've got to finish my drive to work. I've got to finish dropping the kids off at school, whatever it may be. i got to finish this run that I'm on right now. Um, take time right now and ask God to come into your heart and to forgive you for where you failed him and where you've broken his law and just plead the blood of Jesus on your life. And he, anyone who calls on his name in that manner, he is faithful uh, to forgive them and to save them of their sins. The Bible tells us that, and I believe it with all my heart. And so, Dad, if you would, as you get ready to pray for our listeners um, as we get ready to close the podcast, if you'll just pray for them, anyone that's listening who may be thinking about uh, making this decision, God, that they would make this decision and that uh, that they would make it today and not put it off for tomorrow. Yeah, that's right. Now, listen, those of you that are in podcast audience, you have to repent of your sin. You've got to turn away from your sin and ask God to forgive you. And, you know, why would you not turn away from your sin out of gratitude for what Jesus did? If you really believe you're going to do that. Now, you've got to turn away from sin, ask him to forgive you, and accept him as Lord. I'm going to pray that sinner's prayer that I prayed. I had an old preacher that bowed down on his knees and helped me as a little boy to accept Jesus as my Savior. And I'm going to pray that prayer. It will be similar to the one that I prayed. And if you'd like to accept Jesus as your Savior, I invite you to pray this prayer. Stop what you're doing and pray this prayer right now. And, and then get up with the determination that you're going to put legs to that prayer, that you're going to live for God and serve Him and, and put Him first every day of your life. This is going to be a new beginning for many people. Here's that sinner's prayer that you need to pray. Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner, and I need to be forgiven of all of my sins. My sins are horrendous. They're awful. They're ugly. I turn away from my sins right now. I promise to live for you, Jesus, starting today, right now, for the rest of my life. I accept what Jesus did on the cross as payment for my sin so that I would not have to spend eternity in hell. So I accept Jesus as my Savior. I receive Him as my Lord. I ask you to come and live inside of my body through your Holy Spirit and take control of my life and take me to heaven when I die. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to welcome you into God's family today. Now listen, your life's going to be different. 
because of the commitment that you made to God. You know, when a person gets married and stands before the preacher, the justice of the peace, they trade rings with their their person they're going to marry. That ring is something that sets you apart. You don't live like a single person anymore. You're a married person. You have a spouse. You're supposed to be faithful. Likewise, having accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've made a commitment. You're supposed to live for Him. Be faithful. You might be listening to this podcast on a Thursday, but based on your decision, there's no question where you're going to be Sunday morning. You're going to be in church. Now, you go to a church where you know, you've heard people say that the Bible is preached where you know people that attend there that have lives that have been changed, that are different. Not every church is a church to go to. Go to a church where the Bible is held up as the authority from God and where the people love you and will love your family and your children. Go to church. Get baptized by immersion. That's the way Jesus was baptized. And, and, and join that church and start living for God, being there when the doors are open, and start living for Him every day at work. Tell your friends about Jesus because think of what He's done for you. Start living for Him. If you uh, prayed that prayer, we would love to hear from you. Um, if you could send us an email at bonfireministries at gmail.com, we would love to, to know that you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We're not going to do anything with your information. Uh, we just want to pray for you and, and, and to say congratulations and welcome you into the family of God. And so um, if, if you did, if you made that decision, if you would, uh, please send us that email. And uh, for those of you who are listening, and maybe you're, you're a Christian, and uh, you thought, you know what, there's somebody that I know that needs to hear this message. I'd ask you, please go on to our Facebook page. You can share uh, this uh, this video. You can send it out to all your friends. You can tell them where to find us. And uh, I'd love to see this uh, message make it all the way around to everyone who needs to hear it. Uh, we don't have much time left, Ed. We're convinced that this whole series was brought about because both of us believe that there's not much time left here on this earth, that, right. that these events are going to unfold before too long. And, and so we need to be busy making sure that everybody we can uh, hears and has an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. So That's right. uh, please do that. Well, if you, uh, if you will join us again next week, we will have a new content uh, coming to you. We don't exactly know what that's going to be, uh, but we're going to be working on that over the course of, of the next week and getting prepared for that. So we'll see you again next week, uh, release 8 o'clock Sunday evening. And so thank you for listening. We love you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bonfire Podcast. We encourage you to subscribe wherever you stream your podcast content. Also, be sure to rate us on iTunes and Facebook so that others will know about the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to see us address on an episode, feel free to email us at bonefireministries at gmail.com.